Hello there, my friends. Before we start the episode, I want to let you know about something exciting that is happening here in San Diego in the month of August. August 21st and 22nd, to be specific, is the Keto Palooza Community Expo. There's going to be speakers, social events, and opportunities to have some fun with each other, including a Dash Appliance cook-off. I'm going to be speaking at this event, and I'm excited if you want to be a part of it. You can check it out at KetoPaloozaExpo.com. Also, in my Instagram bio, Gourmet Goes Keto, and in the notes of this episode, there's going to be a link to buy tickets. Use code GOURMET10 to save yourself 10% off right now on those tickets. Hope to see you there. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. But this is not just any episode. This is what I'm considering the official second anniversary episode of the Fat Guy Forum. It's been two years since the show started, and... You know, when we talk about journeys changing people and taking them to different places, you know, the podcast has gone to different places as well. So I thought it would be a good time to bring some previous guests on and have us convene on a very specific topic that I thought would be good for us to discuss. And so that's why with us tonight, I have, um, well, I have been in two Johns is, is one way to look at it. Uh, but one John has an H in his name, one John doesn't. I'll leave it to the viewers at home, the listeners at home, to, to figure that out in the end, I guess. But with us tonight, we have Ben, a.k.a. Benjitsu on Instagram, John, a.k.a. The Keto Road, and John, a.k.a. JRP's Journey on the Instagrams. We'll talk later about where you can find them because they all have a lot of stuff going on that you're going to want to hear about. But they are all previous guests on the show that got a chance to share their stories. But you might be new to the show. So I figured the best way for us to get started, even before I talk about why I brought them all together, is for them to give a ch- get a chance to do a quick introduction of themselves. So we are going to go alphabetically and start with Ben. Nice. All right. Well, uh, my name is Ben, as Mike said. Uh, ben Phelps, Ben Jitsu on Instagram. I lost uh, 155 pounds from my heaviest to my lightest, uh, but that actually came in t- in losing. That came via losing uh, over 100 pounds twice. Uh, so my story's kind of fun, kind of complicated. Uh, now I'm a jujitsu competitor. I try to coach other people towards their weight loss. I have my own podcast, which I won't plug right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on, but I'm really excited and happy to be a part of second anniversary because uh gourmet mike we go uh i don't want to say way back because we uh but way back in relative to how how most people that i know at this point in my life there we go there we go so there is ben let's talk to the first john which is the john with the h mr arpino hey how are you uh i am john arpino otherwise known as jr's journey on instagram uh i have lost 278 pounds uh, I did that doing, uh, well, I lost the first 88, the uh, quote-unquote all-natural route, and then I had uh, gastric sleeve surgery in 2016. I also have my own podcast, which I will selfishly plug right now, the Accountable mm-hmm. Life Group podcast. Um, I think, Mike, was I on the first uh, anniversary episode for the Fat Guy Forum? You I might have was. been. You might I have think been. I was. So, so I'm returning from that. Me and Mike. We, uh, I've never met him before, and we're not friends. So uh, that's me, and uh, that's what I do. Uh, I feel like you're leaving something out. At your heaviest, were you 586 pounds? Uh, yes, that, that, uh, you know, 586. 
you know, it's a good, it's a good round number. Um, yeah. Five eight six. Uh, that's that's an inside joke that we have with another storied guest on the show, John. You your actual heaviest weight ever. You were five ten. Five ten and up. There we go. five ten and up. There we yeah. go. I like that. Uh, so there is Mr. Arpino, and last but not least, so John Arpino is probably the guest who's been on the show the most. Probably in second place is this next person, and that is of course Jonathan Shane, aka the Keto Road. John, why don't you explain yourself? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Man, I'm so excited to be here. So my name is Jonathan Shane, also known as the Keto Road. Um, my heaviest was 260 pounds. Uh, I lost it all way before I found keto or anything that brought me and Mike together. Um, uh, my my story of overcoming is more dealing with the, inter- the internal fat man that was in me when I struggled with bulimia for over eight years. And um, I just, uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to... Uh, talk with you guys. I'm honored to be a part of the uh, second anniversary um, podcast. So, yeah. And I will put links to the episodes that all of these guys first appeared on so you can hear them in their first solo ventures here on the show if you want to go back if you haven't yet. And you can always just dive through the entire archive of the show. We are well over 130 episodes at this point. Uh, You know, tens of, I think, well over 100,000 downloads. Like, the show... Has, has been a much bigger venture than I, I think I ever thought it would be. I, I, I realized I, I was hoping there would be like 10 people that listened. So, you know, every episode every week is getting over 1,000 downloads just from the RSS. And, like, it's, it's, it's just become something that I hope people are turning to to get some great information. And that's one of the things that we do in these episodes. We don't just share stories. You know, one of the things I'm committed to this year is kind of talking about topics And the topic I wanted to broach with these three guys this week is one that I invited these three gentlemen specifically because the four of us come from different places, different paths in our lives, but we all have ended up in this place of working with other people, helping them, and specifically working as coaches. And some have started earlier than others. Some just have gotten started a couple months ago. Me, I just passed my one-year anniversary of working with people as a one-on-one coach. So I'm just excited for us, and this is not going to, like, don't worry, don't turn it off if you think this is going to be an episode about pitching coaching and, you know, talking about everyone's individual services and, you know, just trying to shill to you. Like, we'll, we'll, I'll give people time at the end to plug, but I want you to, I wanted to talk about what it actually means to go from being someone that has struggled with your own issues, you know, whether that's dealing with a weight loss journey, struggling with eating disorders, all of those things that we as men have faced And then to choose to actually help people and get other people onto the path that they need to help them. And what does that mean to you personally? Like, not just what that means, what that looks like in action, because I I think that's something that you could probably find in almost any place. But what does it mean to actually go from that place in your head to a different place? So the very first question I want to ask today is one that I, I hope we'll, you know, we'll hear some good stuff on. And that is, gentlemen... What made you realize that you wanted to be a coach? And we're going to start this with Mr. Shane, the Keto Road. Yeah, so no, I, I like that question a lot. I, I, at the end of the day, when I look back on when I started coaching, um, I had just started to really deal with, with my bulimia. Like I said, I had it for eight years. And I had wrestled with it a lot. And I had found, um, for those of you that don't know my story, I found keto. And for some reason, just giving that 
that those dietary choices gave me a stable and enough mind and body to actually start to deal with the psychological side of it. And I started to deal with that as well. And so I was looking at all of it and I was like, dude, I wish somebody would have told me this five years ago. I wish somebody would have helped me work through the the mental side of this five years ago. I wish somebody would have seen the red flags and called me out and, and reached out and helped me. I, maybe I wouldn't have struggled this for almost a decade. Maybe. Yeah, so I just I, I was so kind of frustrated because I was just looking at all these people that are struggling. And obviously with my own struggles, I started to notice the red flags in other people. And it just put a fire in me. I was just like, these people need help. I need somebody needs to talk for them, especially for men, because men that struggle with like bulimia, anorexia, body dysmorphia, you know, they don't talk about it. They, it's, it's something they deal with on their own. And I wanted to help people not only like lose weight, but like to do it in a way that was holistically like healthy for them, because there's a lot of people that can help anybody lose weight. But like, can you help people that are struggling with things internally and mentally as well, while also helping them achieve their health goals? And that's kind of where my fat fire and passion came from. Uh, I greatly appreciate hearing that, man. Like, I, I think a lot of that makes some really good sense. Next, we're going to go to the guy who has just recently started his his coaching, his accountability coaching, and, and that's Mr. Arpino. John, tell us, what made you want to be a coach? So even before my weight loss journey, um, I've always been the type of person that always wanted to help people, would always go above and beyond to, you know, give helping advice, you know, give a helping hand any way that I could. So throughout my weight loss journey, even just being on Instagram, um, that kind of turned into a kind of pseudo coaching. Like I would never call myself a coach. I would never give myself that label. But I would always say, you know, if you had any concerns, you needed any advice, you needed anything, you know, you could feel free to DM me. And I would be the type to scroll through all my DMs, you know, every single night and try to answer as many people as possible. So when I had the opportunity to uh, start my coaching business with my partner, David, it was just a no brainer. Like it was something I always wanted to do. And it was something that I wanted to, um, not necessarily pull the trigger on as quickly as possible. Like I, I wanted it to be um, kind of like a flawless type of transition, which, you know, it's not always that way, but you know, that's what kind of brought me here. That's, that's what brought me to coaching. So that's awesome, man. I appreciate that. Ben, what about you? Uh, so <clears throat> for me, similar to uh, John with an H, um, I've kind of always, enjoyed uh helping people like uh jobs that i had before uh before i ever thought about health fitness diet any of that type of stuff i worked at nonprofit organizations uh so like i've always just kind of enjoyed this helping other people uh overcome right and get through difficult things uh just what that thing is has changed as i have changed right so as um diet and fitness and stuff became more of a priority in my life i found um fulfillment in helping other people with that, because it almost paired two things that I was interested in. I helped a couple of friends uh, lose some serious weight. I helped my wife lose over 100 pounds herself. Uh, and from there, it just kind of, it, I had had enough positive experience trying it to say, why not, basically, uh, and go out on my own and kind of see if I could actually put this into action and help strangers, right? Not friends, not my wife, mm -hmm. but other people. But at the end of the day, it's really, it was just about helping other people push through and kind of... Um, achieve some of those good feelings that I was able to, to find for myself. Which I think there's a common thread in everything that you guys were saying, you know, in terms of like that, 
the different avenues that you took, but getting to that place of, you know, wanting to help other people, especially deal with challenges that you had seen yourself deal with. And I think that's something that I can really relate to. I think for me, also a big part of wanting to become a coach was thinking about, you know, what was my next goal? Like, what was I doing next? Like this journey took me to a certain place. How do I continue to stay focused in that place and keep that, those healthy discussions and dialogues going and keep learning more. And I think coaching really provides a great opportunity for that. I do want to throw you guys a little bit of a curveball because something came up in my head when, when you were all talking that I don't know if you have all seen this or not going around on Instagram the past couple of days, but there was someone that posted and it's been reposted by a lot of people, uh, basically a quote saying, just because you've lost weight, that doesn't make you a weight loss coach. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a topic that comes up sometimes. Like, so I would love to hear from each of you, like your thoughts on that. So is there anyone who wants to go first? I'll I'll, Uh, I'll I'll say something. Oh, Oh, my bad, Ben. No. Uh, Uh, Okay. Well, uh, go go ahead. John, 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 (laughs) go ahead. I refuse. I refuse. Yep. John, go ahead. Okay. All right. So it's funny that you say this, Mike, because uh, actually I had a question box up today in my, um, in my Instagram, uh, you know, unpopular opinions that you have. And, and what someone said was that, uh, you know, those that have weight loss surgery shouldn't become health coaches. And it was funny because the person that kind of put that in the question box was someone who had uh, weight loss surgery. And it's someone who has a very, very, very big account. I won't say who it is because that's disrespectful. But um, I kind of took this to heart because uh, as a lot of us know, and if you don't know, you know in two minutes, um, weight loss surgery is not a quick fix type of deal. It's not a silver bullet. Um, it's just a tool, just like every other tool, just like, you know, doing keto, you know, going vegan, whatever the case may be for your own health journey. Um, and to be, to kind of say that just because, uh, So weight loss surgery is just a tool, just like, you know, going keto, going vegan, things like that. So just because, you know, I had a surgery put me on this new path doesn't mean that I don't have the capabilities of helping someone and providing them with the knowledge that I've collected along this whole journey. Um, So I don't know. I think that the best person to learn from about weight loss is someone who's been on that other side, someone who's been, um, you know, obese, morbidly obese, uh, I don't want to get knowledge from somebody who hasn't walked the path that I'm trying to walk, you know, like I wouldn't go to a, a mechanic shop and ask him how to do physics. It just, it just wouldn't, wouldn't be my bag. Um, so that's my kind of opinion on it. Uh, and also I think that people need to be nice to each other and kind of be kind because at one point in time you were on the opposite side. For sure. Ben, you had some thoughts. Uh, very similar thoughts to the latter part. Um, cause I can't relate as much obviously to, to the surgery thing. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, just because you've never struggled with your weight doesn't mean that you can help somebody do this. And I would argue that, um, I think anyone can be a weight loss coach, whether they've never struggled their weight or they're like the four of us. Right. Um, but I think ultimately, anyone can be a coach. That's more of a personality trait. It's like being a good leader, right? Being a, being a good coach is kind of a similar thing. Uh, and if you've lost the weight yourself, then that only stands to, uh, amplify your understanding of each person, right? So you're not just viewing them as like a number or like, it's not just another client. They're a human being, you know, like you can kind of relate to the emotion and, 
uh, humanize them a little bit. And I think that that helps you connect with, uh, with the clients better, but a lot of what John said. Yeah. And kind of, I, I think in some ways my feelings Ben are similar to yours, but I, I'd almost phrase it a little bit different in that I agree. I don't think, I don't think every person that's lost weight should become a weight loss coach. And I don't think every Correct. person that's lost weight can become a weight loss coach because I Correct. don't think every person can be a coach. I think there's something that is in it. You can learn to do it for sure, but if you haven't done work to learn to do it or if it's not a part of that part of you, that drive, like if that drive to help people isn't there and you're not a person who's a great listener and a person who's good at reflecting things back to people, you know, it makes me think of when one of the things that I used to do with the, the resident assistants when I was a hall director in many colleges was we, we do listening skills training and we would teach them, you know, the best way to listen to someone when they're sharing a problem with you. And you would see the individuals who picked it up right away and you would see the individuals who struggled completely and were probably never going to be great at it and we're going to face some challenges. And I, I apply that to this arena as well. I do think just because you've accomplished something, it doesn't mean you know how to lead someone else on that same path. But if you're drawn to do it, I think every person should have the opportunity to try and have the opportunity to kind of prove themselves doing it. I think what people are also talking about and probably not so subtly talking about on Instagram when they share these things is the people that have used specific programs to lose their weight. And then they go from being kind of a client of that program to selling that program and using names and using titles and things along those lines. I think that comes into it a little bit as well. And sometimes like in every area of life, there is that desire not just to help people, but that desire to make some money while you're doing it and see it as something that you can do and a great opportunity to share your experience. But if it doesn't, your, your experience doesn't translate into being able to genuinely help people, that's when I think people need to think about what they're doing and realize that because some of the other things we're going to talk about is like the emotional side of coaching and how draining that can be. And if you're someone who gets ultimately drained by helping someone else with their challenges and you're having trouble getting up yourself after, after helping people with their challenges, then that might not be a healthy path for you. So I think there's a lot of factors that come into play. And I would hope that anyone who is considering taking on that role of helping other people has thought about all of those things. And a lot of the things we're going to talk about tonight when they, before they make the determination that they're ready to do it. John, Shane, did you have any thoughts on this topic? Hello. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, so yeah, you can hear me. Oh yeah. You can. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I was just going to say that I agree. I think that, and I think one of the big things too is like, and, and, and Mike, you and me have discussed this many times. One of the most frustrating things is when people do like they do lose weight. We're not always looking at how they're, how they lost weight. Right. I think that matters too. Like what, what, what are they using to teach other people how to lose weight? Because we've had many a times we've had to fix people because they just were on some really crazy cheap program that someone sold them because they said they were a weight loss coach. And so I think that um, we do need to be mindful too. And, and, and you know, so I, I understand the, um, the reasoning behind being cautious when someone just says that because they, they're a weight loss coach because they just lost weight, even if it was a lot of weight. Because we know people that have lost hundreds of pounds by literally starving themselves um, and other people try it and they destroy their hormones and metabolism and we have to rectify those things. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, I mean, I understand the caution behind it, but, and, but I think you're right. I think 
it really comes down to more of a personality. Because if there's someone that cares about people genuinely, then they're probably not going to necessarily put them in a position that's going to harm them or give them, you know. So, but yeah, I definitely think it's something to be cautious about, 100%. And that... That actually leads me to a question that's a little further down on the list of I, I I'll full disclosure here, audience. I did send some questions out in advance for us to know what we were going to talk about, mostly because we've got four big talkers in the room right now. <laughs> and I, I wanted to get some of our thoughts focused so we didn't have a five hour episode. But one of the questions I asked was, you know, what do you think makes a great coach? So so, guys, what what do you think makes a great coach? Anyone who wants to go first? I'll go. I to, for me when okay. So for instance, right when when, when I'm thinking about uh, hiring somebody, because as y'all know, I, I, I've hired coaches um, on my. When I think about a coach, I think of somebody that cares about the the whole, not only not just the part, right? Like when I, I think about somebody that is willing to help somebody get better as a whole, rather than just like particular aspects. I think that. A lot of the times we see people that just build PDF programs, talk, spit a good game on Instagram, and then sell a program. Um, and there's really no sense of like, okay, I care about this person as a whole. There's no genuine intentional relationship building. So I look for someone that wants to be intentional with people. I look for someone that wants to be, you know, they want to, they look at the whole of the person, right? It's, it's more than just their um weight loss but it's okay am i keeping their their body healthy am i am i helping them build a healthier mind am i giving them habits that's going to make this weight loss successful long term right like what am i giving this person you know um to where they're going to have success long term and, and like i think about something i say i tell i tell people often um is like my my success as a coach isn't that you lose weight while you're with me i mean that will, that that should happen but i want to see you six months after we're done and you're still kicking butt you know like I want to see that you have been built up into a better version of yourself than when you met me. And I think that like, that's, that's what I think is a good coach. Someone that's trying to build somebody up in, in, in the whole um, to the best of their abilities. And they're truly willing to be intentional in that investment. What about you, Ben? Any thoughts on that question? Uh, so actually, I, I'm going to, and I'm sure this will be common for all the questions, right? But whoever goes first will be echoed a little bit. But I have to agree with a lot of what, uh, Jonathan said, and, and especially I really like when you said care about the whole and not the part, because that was probably honestly a better way of saying what I was going to say anyway, like you, you articulated that better. Um, but a good coach at you, it's really about, it goes back to me saying, uh, being relatable and being able to connect, right. Whether you, whether, on the last question, whether you lost weight or not, uh, but they're not, it's not just a client uh, there. It's not like a desk job, right? I don't work at a bank. I don't, I don't send you and I don't want a coach that just sends an email PDF. Maybe they follow up with you in an email every other day, every couple of days, and you talk once a month, right? Like, I want the human connection, and um, and I think that helping people almost needs to be the priority over everything. And this may be, um, my my through the scope of the way I look at things, but I've I've also been accused of not being uh, quote unquote businessy enough with this because I really do treat it as a uh, it's a little more emotional for me, right, than just straight numbers. Um, but I think that whether it's a hugely successful financial business or or just some uh, dipshit, then I think that no matter what, they have to care about the person, right? They have to care about the people they're working with. Uh, they have to be able to foster those connections. And one 
big thing that I think is really important is they have to be someone who's comfortable having a difficult conversation. I think that that's something that doesn't get, you can't handhold or candy coat, right? Like you, if you're doing someone a disservice, if you're not honest with them, even if the honest thing isn't necessarily a comfortable thing. So I think that's one thing I haven't heard that I'll throw out there, right? Is that you, they have to be someone who can have an uncomfortable discussion um, you know, free of emotion and, and free of judgment and things like that and just be objective, but honest. I think that's that's an awesome addition to what John said, Ben. Uh, Mr. Arpino, any thoughts? I mean, I think both these fine fellows uh, have hit the nail on the head. Um, I just, I don't think a coach should be someone who just hands out a cookie cutter curriculum to everybody who signs up. Um, you know, both Ben and John with no H both had said um, if <laughs> if they're not personable, it's just not going to work. There needs to be a connection that's built. Um, if you don't know me, if, I, if I'm coming in as a client, if you don't know me as a person and you don't take the time out to you know understand who I am and kind of just build a little bit of a repertoire with me, then I don't feel comfortable giving you my money. Um, and to me, coaching, then this is just personal to, to me and my experience in my life. Coaching to me is not a gateway to make a boatload of money. Uh, coaching to me is just a way to help people out of a dark place. And I think there needs to be a very, very big line between are you in this for the money or are you in this to help people? Preach. Oh, for sure. And I, I would throw in there like on that, I think something that people also, and this is kind of almost tangential to this, need to realize is – because they're used to being able to ask, you know, some of us are very engaging on Instagram and give supportive answers and help people that they think they can then push that a little bit and almost take advantage of it and realize that our time as coaches is valuable. You know, it's one of the things that John talks about with our team at the Keto Road a lot. You know, your time is valuable. So don't be don't. And it's one of the things I struggled with when I first became a coach was okay, you need this extra, I'm going to give it to you. You need this, I'm going to give it to you because you start to put yourself in that person's shoes and you want to make sure they're getting everything that they need. But you also realize that at the end of the day, what we're doing is work, you know, and it's it's work that takes time and investment. And like like you you said, John, with an H, um, we're, we're not handing out cookie cutter programs. There are plenty of coaches out there who will send you a PDF that is the exact same meal plan they give everyone. If you're a man, it's set at a start calorie level. It's got five, you know, four meals, five meals, six meals a day, whatever it is, sends it to you and tells you to follow it and get back to them in a week. You know, if you're a woman, it's set at a different level. It's get back to you in a week. Um, I think that when someone is making a real investment in someone and really personalizing what they're doing and showing that support, you know, there's a value to that. It's, it's important for people to also realize that uh, as well. I, I would add, like, I think, Ben, you made a really good point because I, I echo everything that all of you said it, in terms of, like, what it takes Personally, to be a great coach, I think one of the other things you have to be able to do besides, you know, a part of having those hard conversations is I think a great coach is able to build a person up when they're having victories and then help that person break themselves down. Call out their inconsistencies. Say to a person, you say this is what you want, but this is what you're doing. Do you see how your goals and your actions are not in alignment? And that calling out of inconsistency is one of the biggest things. If you go through any kind of counseling training or anything along those lines, that's really important because 99% of the time, the person doesn't realize that they're being inconsistent in their behavior. They don't make that connection. And that's one of the things I love as a coach is when I say that those things to someone and they say, 
I didn't really think about that. You know, when they're telling you that, like, their number one goal is to get ready for a race or their number one goal is to hit a certain scale number by a certain time, all of those things. And then they're telling you about all of these actions they're taking that are moving them further away from that goal. And you have to say to them, is that really your goal? You know, help them clarify things. Being able to ask those insightful questions, I think, is really important. Uh, you know, a, a coach isn't just about barking orders at a person. It's about hearing what's coming from the person and being able to process that. And I think the best coaches are the people that bring all of those things out of their clients. It's not just I have the best system for you. It's the way I work and the way I operate is going to help you find the best parts of yourself. Because that's a big thing that we all went through ourselves, I think, in many ways on our journeys. And wanting someone to find their best self, whatever their goals are, is, is just really, really important. And I think a really powerful thing to be a part of. So... One of the, the other part of that question, and I don't think it, I don't even know if it makes sense to ask it right now, but I'm going to do it anyway because <laughs> when have I ever made sense? Is what you know? We ask what 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 it takes to make a great coach. What do you think, from your perspective as coaches, what makes a great client? Um, to me, I think a great client is someone who uh, is willing and able to take advice. Um, and able to take constructive criticism. If you are going into coaching with this uh, I can't mentality, I think you're going to have a very difficult time through your experience of being coached. Um, you just need to you need to walk in with an open mind. Being Coaching somebody who is going to fight you tooth and nail on every piece of advice or everything you're trying to tell them and, and try to teach them is more difficult on the coach than I think it is the client. Um, so if, if that kind of is you, then maybe kind of find a different avenue, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just my two cents, but what do I know? I like it. Uh, <laughs> I would know? echo that, but I would also say someone that's willing to ask questions. Uh, I think far too often I will get clients that have a preconceived idea of like what they're going to, you know, that they're going to be educated on a bunch of stuff and, you finally, you know, after a couple of weeks, you're, you know, they're like, well, what about this? I'm like, well, what did you want to learn about? And they're like, I have no idea. And I'm like, well, why didn't you ask? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, so like, I just feel like a lot of, a lot of times there can be an issue because they're expecting a certain level of something that they never communicated or like they want to be educated on things they never asked about or, or whatever. And I've just found that that mis that, that lack of communication on their end can cause, you know, because it's kind of like you have access to this library. You're paying to have access to this library. Like, ask the librarian what book you want so I can go get it off the shelf, you know. And so I think that um, sometimes not only their, um, not just their willingness to, to listen to us when we give them the basic advice we're going to give them to walk them through our program, but also that they're willing to to talk and not feel like they're being a burden, right? Or I've run it at so many times where, Something will go on for two weeks and I'll get on the phone with a client and they're like, well, I've been doing this. Like, well, why didn't you talk to me? And they're like, well, because I didn't want to bother you. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to communicate. You need to ask questions. You need to reach out. So I think their willingness to communicate back to you and be okay with that I think is super important too. But of course, we could also talk about the the abusive side of that where they go overboard too. But yeah. <laughs> what What about you, Ben? Uh, so I think a lot of what, what – what we've been talking about and what I'm 
uh, almost in danger of talking about myself for a lot of like personality traits that make somebody more or less coachable, right? Asking questions, receiving criticism and feedback. Uh, but I think there is, and these a lot. All, these are all tangible things that we can clearly see someone has, doesn't have. Uh, but I think there's the most important thing for anybody. And like, uh, you know, especially because John and Gorm, you guys have podcasts. You talk to people who've gone through these transformations. We've seen enough stories over and over and over again to know that there is a moment where every person almost becomes, and this is the intangible thing, but you're just, for lack of a better term, they're ready. They're actually ready, right? Not not ready to try and d- dip their toe in, but like ready to just dive, right? And into themselves and this whole thing. Um, and and I'm not saying, because like for a lot of us on, on this call, it, it took something extreme. And I'm not saying that we all have to have, uh, you know, a dire health scare or a deeply painfully embarrassing moment. Uh, we don't all have to be like Bruce Wayne, lose our parents to change, right? But but so oftentimes the more painful, the better teacher it is. But at the end of the day, whatever that moment is for you, there will there is this intangible thing and you can almost feel it in the energy of the client when you work with them, maybe on the first call, maybe within the first month, but you start to feel this uh, like they're in, a, in, in this next level that where you have to kind of be in order to actually be successful, mm-hmm. like long-term at least. Oh, for sure. And for me, there's two things that come up uh, that I don't think really that anyone has necessarily said that were things that I thought of right away when I think about good clients. And one is they have to realize that getting coached is more than just signing up and paying for your coaching. Like they have to realize that (laughs) there's going to be work they have to do. And we all know there are people out there who, you know, it's been so hard for them to take any of the steps that they're taking that to them, because I, I don't know if anyone, you know, I know John has, you know, it's not a discussion I've ever had with, with John with an H or Ben, but I've had clients who sign up to work with me and then disappear. And it's got nothing to do with anything that I did on my end. It's just they weren't ready to get themselves. They didn't realize that they weren't ready. So I think that's great that you bring that up, Ben, because I think that being ready and making that investment in yourself and then following through on that investment is like really the next step. One other really big thing I do want to say is... I think the best clients are able to be honest. And I know that that's something that's really hard. And I think we can relate to this, especially as people, you know, for me, as someone who one of my biggest challenges as a, as a person throughout my entire journey was that the sneak eating and feeling, you know, as much as I enjoyed what I was doing, there was shame around it. So I wasn't having those mass. I wasn't eating eight Big Macs in front of my family. I wasn't doing that with my friends. Like I was doing this, you know, behind closed doors when I was alone. And I think that's a conversation I have with people a lot in the beginning is I need you to know that from day one, the more honest you are with me about everything I ask you about and we talk about, the more you're going to get out of this. Your willingness to be honest about your actions, your behaviors, how you're feeling, the things that you go through. You know, those are that's really important, like being willing to open yourself up and realizing that because we are working with you as a coach, we're not here to judge you. You know, we're not here to say you ate what? You know, oh, why, how did you how, why did you even consider doing that? Like one of, one of the activities that I have a lot of people, you know, a lot of my clients go through because I want to find out kind of where they're at with what they've been eating is I'll have a couple day them have a couple days of getting into especially someone who's never tracked before just continuing to eat as they've been eating and tracking it. And I say with the caveat, I need you not to be afraid to tell me what you're actually eating because I'm going to build your plan 
in a lot of ways around what you're actually eating right now, the level you're eating, all of those things. So do not be afraid to be honest. Don't be afraid to actually write down what you had at McDonald's, what you grabbed late night, you know, all of those things. And I found some clients then kind of really get giddy and get into it. And some clients, they're like, this was really, you know, I've never done this before. And sharing this with another person is really challenging, but I feel like I'm ready to kind of open those doors. And I think that willingness to be honest with your coach, be honest with yourself as well, that self-honesty, like being able to identify behaviors when your coach brings them up and when you start to talk about patterns you see in a person and all of those things. And when you're working with someone for several months and then they have a challenging moment and they're afraid to tell you about it because they're worried to be like, oh, you know, I fell back into an old behavior or an old habit resurfaced or things along those lines. That's the moment where they need to be honest the most because then you could help them work through it and figure out what was driving it and where it was coming from and what they need to do to plan ahead. But if they just let it go by and they just say, oh, well, you know, I, I, you know, I ate late last night and I probably, you know, I was a little under my water and maybe that's why the scale's off, you know, this week. Like, that's why this is happening. You know, things are fine. Uh, that's when they're not getting out what they actually are putting in. You know, that's when they're not getting their money's worth, you know, for lack of a better term. So I, I think a good client is someone who is honest from day one and is willing to kind of say, I'm opening myself up to, to hear and to learn and to also tell you what you need to hear so that you can provide the best support for me. So anything else on that topic that anyone wants to talk about before we switch gears and go into another question? No, I don't think so. I'm good. Okay, good, good. So I would like to know, because I said I want this not just to be about what you do as coaches and that sort of thing. I would like to know for yourself, if you reflect on it, for you, what role does your personal journey play in your coaching? Like in terms of your coaching style or just how it feels for you to be in that role? Who wants to go? Ben, you want uh, to go first on this one? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go first. I, I mean, it's, I would, I can't, I'm not going to lie and tell you that it's not a massive part. For me, it is obviously it is intrinsically i think like it is just tied to my journey is tied to coaching because it was uh and this is a little cliche but we're in the world of clichés talking about weight loss and diet and stuff like that but like the you know the journey isn't just weight loss like my life is kind of my journey right so so i that to me they're almost um one in the same uh but the biggest one is just being able to Having that, being able to relate to clients' struggles, right? Being more aware of the mindset because it's like, uh, like you, you, you were gourmet, you're certainly uh, aware, so intimately aware of some of these like sneak eating behaviors, right? Like you could almost identify them based on the things they say without actually knowing that's what they're doing. Uh, and that is one way that your journey is deeply rooted in your coaching, right? And that's kind of what I'm trying to say, I think is particularly around these specific struggles I had, but in general, the struggles of weight loss, having gone through that myself, um, it's easier for, because there's the, the nuts and bolts, there's macros and there's food selection, right? And there's all these things that are good about having a coach, but then there's also the touchy feely stuff, uh, for lack of a better way to say that. And, and I think that that's where the journey really spills in the most is the relatability, uh, and, just, yeah, being able to put yourself in their shoes, humanizing them a little bit and not just saying what's wrong with you because it was it was at one time wrong with me as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, for sure. Uh, Go ahead, John. I think Ben's absolutely right. Uh, for me, a, a lot of my coaching uh, is based on my personal experiences. Um, if they're doing it right now, I've probably done it before, whether that's sneak eating, binge eating, overeating, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, I've walked down that path. So like Ben was saying, like you just pick up on a lot of these small red flags and it makes it easier to have that conversation with somebody when you already know what they're going through. Um, and that's what makes coaching uh, a lot easier for me and it, and it makes it more enjoyable for me because I think that because of my past and, and my experiences, I'm able to get them out of that, that spot quicker than maybe someone who wasn't once 500 plus pounds, if that makes sense. Um, because right now, uh, a lot of my clients, not to get really dive deep into that, but like a lot of my clients are more on where I was when I started my journey. So like 500 and up. So that's why, you know, I could connect on a personal level with them. No, I think that makes sense, man. Mr. Shane, what about you? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, I think that any good coach, I think that they're going to be able to take some of their personal journey and apply it as they should, right? That generally that's where our passion comes from is from our own personal journey um, and success. I will say, I think that while I think about, I work with a broad spectrum of clients. Um, I have worked with over a hundred people, all, all different kinds of, all over the earth. Um, and I think that my personal experience, I can apply in many ways to all of them. But I will also say that ones that are specific, like the specifically struggle with the things that I struggled with, I do think that there's another level of, um, I don't want to say relationship, but definitely sense of like worry and care and like urgency because you're like, I've been there. Like I, you know, uh, we, we, John with an H, you hear me like the people that he's working with are where he was, you know, like it's like when you get clients like that in, in your quote unquote, your niche group of people. I think that that just takes it to a whole nother level. And so I think that it matters a lot. I think that, um, you know, being able to take our personal experiences and use them to apply that to a broad audience. Maybe they're just coming to you because they like your personality and they know you know how to make people lose weight. Great. Maybe they're coming to you because they had bulimia for eight years and they don't know how to get over it and they want you to teach them. Right. So like uh, bo both of those would allow me to use personal experience. But one of those I definitely draws close to my heart. So I think that um, it's very important. And I definitely think that like I have found too, like there's like different clients bring out different levels of my personal story. And I think you guys all hit on some great things that kind of drive what you're doing. And I, I would echo all of them, you know, for myself, something I, w I would like to kind of flip that around on is for me, I, I think also my personal journey can also make it hard sometimes as a coach because I see these people going through the patterns that I went through. And I know there's no way to kind of pull them off that hamster wheel just by grabbing them. You can't just, you know, in, in the movies, when someone's hysterical, you slap them and that's not great. And that's probably, that's, that's not a practice in the psychiatric field anymore. Uh, I think it's this thing where you're talking to someone and you're hearing your own story in their words and you want to just say, well, just do this and that'll stop, you know, just do this and that can change. And it, so it's that ability to put yourself back where you were at that time and be like, okay, not necessarily what are the things I need to do to change this behavior, you know, just automatically change it. But what are the things that I needed to hear that I didn't hear when I went through that? What are the things that would have helped me learn the lessons that I learned when I was going through it? 
So it can be like a double-edged sword. You know, there's some amazing positive pieces. And then there's those times where it gets challenging and your heart breaks and you know the pain that a person is feeling and you know the lows that they're experiencing. And you have to be able to still continue to communicate the experience to them properly and use it in a way that is helpful and not, you know, and I think something you all know, you know, a coach who spends too much time talking about their experience and not listening to your experience as a client, you know, is probably not someone who's cut out to be a coach anyway. You know, it's some, you know, it, there's a difference between using your experience and just making your, you know, having an episode of your podcast be what you use to, to coach a person. Like, it's got to be about translating that experience into helpful tools. And I think that's something that I, I know all of you do really well. So let's 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 talk about getting started as coaching. And, you know, Ben, Ben, how long for how, how long have you been a coach now? Uh, I, I want to say, uh, almost two years, mm-hmm. uh, but really hardcore intentionally for closer to a year. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. John? What about you? A little more serious. Me, John? Or uh, John oh, I'm no sorry. H. John with no H. <laughs> John with no H. What are we at? Um, now how long have you been a coach? How long have you been a coach? I have, I have been a coach since September of 2018. So almost three years now. And Mr. Arpino. I, I am the baby of the group. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, this is going to be my sixth month as a coach. Nice. Yeah. And and as I already thanks, said, thanks, th- fellas. That's <laughs> awesome. You know, and that's and that's one of the things. Like I, I think we show different. Ex- you know, we don't have anyone on yet today who because no one who's been on the show yet. I think has really been a coach for ten, fifteen years. But we can always do a, a ten a ten year show and come on back to this. But <laughs> I think you know. So for me, like I already said, it's it's been you know just over a year now that I've been working with people one on one. Before that. Uh, I, I worked as a group coach, you know, John and I have a group coaching program that we've put together, but one-on-one, you know, it's just been a little over a year. And so one of the questions I wanted to ask is to go take yourself and go back to when you were just getting started. Uh, for John with an H, it's going to be, it might be a little bit easier. Uh, so Ben and John, you know, you might have to, to think back a little bit on this one, but when you were just getting started as a coach, what were your greatest hopes and your greatest fears? Mr. Shane, why don't you go first? Okay. All right. So, okay. So my grade is, okay, to be honest, mm-hmm. yeah, for those that don't know me, <laughs> I didn't really have any fears. I was kind of a gun ho kind of guy. <laughs> you know, I was like, whatever. It's like, I don't give it. I don't know. I'm The sky's the limit. I, I was just excited to do it. Um, the opportunity was literally by chance. Like it was just the way everything worked out to where I was offered the opportunity was crazy. And I was just super excited about it. Uh, my dreams were for it to be what I did full time. Uh which is hilarious because that's what I do full time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, those were my biggest dreams. Um, I the dreams have grown since then. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just brought on two new coaches, and I want to continue to bring on coaches. I would, I want my brand to be when people think you know, because right now, like when people think keto, they think particular influencers. Now, when people think keto or like holistic health, I want them to think you know keto road, like keto road coaches. Like I want, I want that brand to be. Um, something that is note noteworthy, right? Um, which I know really isn't answering the question, but at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, it was just I just wanted to do it full time. Mm-hmm. I was just really I just I wanted to see lives change. I wanted to coach over a hundred people. That was another big part of the dream. Uh, but really, no fear. I really um, it wasn't until the dreams started to come true that I started to fear the loss of those dreams. Mm-hmm. But until the dreams actually happened, because um, like. For instance, when I first started, I wasn't worried about not having clients. But now that I have clients and they do pay my bills, well, now I worry about not having mm-hmm. clients. All right, like the the fears come after the fact. I think um, sometimes, 
And so, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my answer for that. Great. What about you, Ben? Uh, for so we'll start with the greatest hope. Uh, I mean, obviously, to to be successful, I think it would be uh, dishonest to say that this like we've all talked about it, right? It's like we are trying to create a career around these things that we are passionate about. So it was obviously I was I was hoped I'd hoped that I would be uh, successful both in the number of clients that I worked with, but also in, for lack of a better term, conversion rate. Uh, so just like people who experience success working with me, cause if I can work with a hundred people, uh, but if, if, you know, I can only get results from five people, uh, then no matter what the situation is for the clients, that's probably reflective of that. I'm just not good at it, which goes to my fear, uh, starting out was that I was afraid I wasn't going to be good at it. Right. Like that. Was, um, but it actually I, I find that, again, because of my background in nonprofits and just my general. Now, actually, it, I anticipated that it would. Right. Like it's a better fit for me. Uh, one fear that I did have that I when I saw this question on the list, I was um, excited to bring up. And this, again, goes back to saying I'm not businessy enough uh, with a lot of things because I was afraid of taking taking something that i loved and turning it into a job that made me mm. resent the thing that i loved you know what i mean no i think i think that makes a lot of sense like and what how has that fear developed for you like have you found yourself in that those moments thinking about that again or like what how has that worked out for you uh, I i mean i definitely find myself just like any job right you'll have like uh if i have calls that stack up on one day, particularly for some reason, I had to adjust my schedule. And now, you know, I feel like I'm chained to my desk because I'm on a call all day. So it, there's still little naggy things like this is work. Um, but I think the, the juice is worth the squeeze, right? Like the good and the positive that I get from it. Um, and, and this is all again, going back to like a fulfillment aspect. Uh, the, the, I mean, money's nice. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy making money. Uh, but in terms of in terms of the fulfillment, it feels it feels good enough to make it worth those handful of days where I it might feel a little bit like work because mm. most of the time it doesn't. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. What about you, John, with an H? Um, for me, I think my biggest fear for a while was, and it, and it it was a little absurd that this was a fear, but not having clients. Um, for, for a while, you know, I was constantly getting DMS. Hey, uh, are you a personal trainer? Hey, are you a coach? And obviously I would always say, no, I'm not. And you know, I, I'd, I'd give out Gourmet's name or I'd give out someone else who I knew was a coach. And, um, so Gourmet, you definitely owe me some commission. Um, <laughs> and you know, then once I got past that fear of like, okay, now we're out there and we're doing this, my ultimate goal, you know, is it, it Obviously, it's to kind of make this a full-time gig because I am, you know, still working full-time. This is my part-time, even though sometimes it definitely feels like it's my full-time. Um, for me, my goal was to just impact one client's life. And um, for a while, that didn't mean any particular number of losing weight or anything like that. But I, I just wanted to impact their life and to teach them something, something that they could hold on to. Um, now, right now, a goal that I have just particularly is um, I want to help one client lose 100 pounds because for me, when I was on my weight loss journey, 100 pounds seemed absolutely impossible, right? Like my whole entire life, I was overweight and everyone was just like, oh, you need to lose 100 pounds. You need to lose 100 pounds. Apparently, 100 pounds is like that magic number. No matter mm -hmm. how far gone you are, 100 pounds will change your whole life, right? Um, so for me, it was just like, okay, now it's just if I can 
show somebody and walk them down that path of losing 100 pounds, one person, I will feel successful with what I've done with ALG. Mm, that's awesome, man. And I, I have no doubts that you, you'll be seeing that happen for sure, knowing that the passion that you put into this. I, I think for me, like, obviously, I, I echo some similar fears that you guys all talked about, like that, will I have any clients? Will, I, will anyone actually want to do this? Like all of that. Um, I think one of the, the bigger fears for me wasn't even necessarily about helping people with weight loss because of how great, you know, I know how to lose weight, you know, whether <laughs> whatever process I'm using, I know how to lose weight. Like even if someone was coming to me for coaching on like deal a meal or something along those lines, like I know how to lose weight. It's that idea of helping that person build a sustainable lifestyle after the weight loss phase, like helping them understand like what it means to actually transform their life in in the ways I feel like mine has in yes. many ways. That was my fear was that, you know, someone's going to be able to get their, you know, get their weight moving and have that going great for them and then not really know where to go next and have me be like, uh, you know, kind of in that place of, okay, let's, let, am I giving you enough tools to help you move to that next place? Like that is one of the things that was there for me in the beginning, which is usually I think typical of me that I'm thinking, you know, 10 steps ahead of where I'm at. You know, like it's, you can't, you can't take a person to that place till they take the journey to get to that place. But I, I think that manifested as a fear. The other thing is honestly, like, let's break this down slowly. And this is something I deal with all the time as a coach, you know, the fear of what happens when that person, when someone plateaus, you know, what happens when they hit that place? Because we all know that's a part of a weight loss journey. We all know that there are going to be weeks where clients don't have great weigh-ins, you know, all of those things don't happen for them. And here they are, they're not just doing it on their own now, they're doing it with someone else's help. And they're having that happen. And the fear for me was like, okay, do I do I feel ready to help someone else get through that place? Because it's that's not just about helping them like hit the right macros and do the do activity and, and get their water in and get enough sleep and all of those things. It's about then really helping them analyze what they're doing and what's going on and are there things that are kind of slipping through the cracks that they're not paying attention to that you've talked to them about that they're not paying attention to, you know, all of those pieces. And so I think I, I had all those fears of like, what happens, you know, to that person, you know, and will I be able to provide that person the service that they deserve when they're working with me as a coach? So that was definitely a fear that was there. And my hopes, you know, obviously I had the same hopes as all of you, like wanting to be able to help a lot of people and wanting to be able to do this as something where I can devote all of my energy to it. Like that's really there. But for me more, even I think my hope getting started was that I would help someone realize that there's hope for them, you know, help them realize hmm. that they're not stuck where they feel like they're stuck, that change is possible and help them see what that work needs to look like. So I think that was probably one of my biggest hopes was those moments where you have someone like I have, I have a client who has a significant amount of weight to lose. Um, and they, at one point, you know, we had a discussion and they were always the person who was like, I'm going to use keto now, but I don't know what I'm going to do going forward, but I'm using keto right now. And We've had, we had a discussion where they said, you know what, I'm starting to see that th I like how I feel when I'm eating this way. I'm starting to see I like how I feel when I'm doing these things. I think this might be something that I want to keep up. This might be something that I feel like I can commit myself to. And that was really the hope that I had, you know, getting started is sharing this experience that did so much for me and able to kind of bring that forward for other people. And so I, I feel like talking about hopes and fears also then brings us into like now that everyone is on this call is an active coach you know is actually coaching people right now 
Let's talk about what you think have been your biggest victories so far as a coach. Hello? Did it happen again? It, it happened again. It did. Who knows what's going on? <laughs> it's okay. It's everyone out there. We're having tech issues. We're fine, though. So let's. the question that I'm asking now is, what have been your biggest victories as a coach? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Well, I'd, um, cool. Right now, uh, be, again, I'm so new to the coaching game. But right now, one of my biggest victories thus far is I have a client who started – well into the 600s, and he's about to break into the 500-pound mark, like the 500s. Mm. Um, and it's been so amazing to watch this person's whole uh, demeanor change about life and just how this person feels about everything going on and the process of everything. Um, you know, it's kind of like talking to a whole different person than when we first started. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so refreshing, and it's just – it's just amazing to watch. Like it's it, this is exactly what I wanted when I made the decision to to start coaching. So to get that so early on is just just amazing for me. Um, and the follow up to that, uh, Gourmet, you said was what was the uh, the uh, the follow up to that? There's no follow up to it yet. Oh, we're sorry. Do that. We're separating that out. Don't worry. I apologize, uh, Mr. Shane. What have, what have been your, some of the biggest victories you've had as a coach? Okay, so I can I can think of three. So one of them, I mean, if I'm just being going to be honest, is uh, is you, Mike. You're still to this day, like, because when I think about, you know, when we started working together so long ago now, it seems, um, you know, we lost, uh, we, even though you had already lost and achieved so much already, you know, we lost about 90, 90 pounds working together. But like just you, you growing and helping others and you, um, you know, giving back and you helping people develop what you developed and you've been able to maintain that weight loss um it's just a, a huge victory for me it still is to this day it's exactly what i want in a client to have happen i want them to be successful long term and so definitely a big one there even though everything you say to me is so mean um <laughs> i do appreciate uh the, the success that, yeah the, i do appreciate oh it's all true people no, no no i didn't say that just to sound funny he, he's a douche but I love him and um, he is an amazing success story in of himself. And then I would say two other situations would be one, I've had a client that, you know, because people think, you know, the whole like calories in calories out and, you know, they tend to wreck their hormones from the chronic yo-yo dieting and all that. And I've had uh, one client, I mean, it took us, it, it took us 18 months 18 months to fix their metabolism and we just we finally hit their goal weight they lost they, they just after all that work they finally started to lose the weight because we did things right and we were patient and we trusted the process and trusting the process can be a very tedious annoying thing and so to start to see the fruits of that labor come to fruition uh, is an extremely satisfying thing because most clients aren't like most clients want something in a month two months, three months. And the reality is, is that for some people, I mean, you're going to be at this for half a year, a year before you really start to see change, especially if you've been chronically dieting or anything like that. Um, and so to see a client trust you through that whole process and for the fruit of the labor like that to come to fruition, um, there's almost no, uh, there's no satis more satisfying feeling than that. So th that would definitely be a, a big victory for me as well. That sounds great, man. What about you, Ben? 
so but I there's like a certain setup. There's one specific example, but I want I'm gonna step it back before I go before I give the details. But essentially, I tell every client uh, at, on our very first call together that the primary goal, like for me, right? Uh, because we're like we talked earlier about how the client has work to do, but obviously, at you as a coach, you also have work to do. And with a lot of the things that I'm doing. Uh, the goal for coaching for me is to get the client to a point where they don't need to work with you anymore, right? Like where the bird can leave the nest, right? So to speak and fly free. Uh, and, and so they can move on from you and not suffer a setback, right? Not be lacking accountability because they've learned how to hold themselves accountable. All of these things, right? They have the habits, they have, they're truly changed, quote unquote. Um, and I had um, one client specifically who he, he's, he, uh, well, I like to say, took a chance on me because he started with me when I was still pretty green, right? So it was, there was less, uh, I didn't have like as much uh, to stand on to say, hey, here are all of these progress pictures from clients or, um, you know, I've only been doing it for a month. So like, you know, it was a little more of a risk, I would say, initially for anyone to, to work with me. Uh, and he took a chance and we worked together for a year. I remember when we started working together, working out for him just meant taking his dogs for a walk three times a day, right? That was our like compromise on fitness. Um, and he lost, uh, I want to 85 pounds, 75, no, 75 pounds. He lost 75 pounds. Uh, and But now he does CrossFit, right? He started doing CrossFit when we were towards the end of working together. And I still see him now posting his going to CrossFit in the mornings. Uh, he still posts some of his meals and and he's just a changed person and 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 it's it's always meaningful when you can help anyone make change but for him specifically because of how early on in the process he worked he was essentially what i would call my my real first like success story in terms of what i actually want to help people do right uh so that was a big victory for me that's awesome man yeah and i i think for me like i in some ways it's like my stories are similar to a lot of what the three of you have said, but I, I think for me, when I think of victories as a coach, I think of the times that I've really helped people develop a more in-depth, mindful mindset, for lack of a better word, you know, like actually getting them to not just see what they're doing as slip ups or wins or things along those lines, but to be able to articulate to me why they're making the choices that they're making and have an understanding of what's driving some of those pieces and get them to kind of get into that place of self-reflection. Uh, for me, that when someone does that, that's the biggest victory. And I feel like I've had several clients who have really gotten to that place of, you know, this is, I, I had this happen and I, this is why I did it. And it, it's not always about, cause you also can go down that road of, you can explain away and excuse behavior all the time, but it's about showing understanding and growth and feeling that someone who went from that place of they were terrified to even get started. And now they're that person that says, these are my challenges the week ahead. And these are my plans to handle those challenges. What do you think about this? Like when they get to that place of really becoming the action planners themselves, because I think when you start working with a client, you're doing helping them through a lot of that action planning and you're doing some of it yourself. Anyway, you have it like at least planned out and you get them to that place and to hear people come back to you and start talking about actions they're taking and things they're, they're facing that, you haven't even had a chance to talk about yet, but they're working their way through because they're applying these things that they've learned. To me, that just ends up being one of what I feel is my biggest victories. And, you know, I, you know, I think I've seen people have some incredible weight loss so far. I've seen some people who haven't had incredible weight loss so far start to learn more about their bodies. And I just always feel 
like when you can help someone start to get an understanding of the patterns their body follows and how they respond to different things and get them to think about choices they're making and that those choices have an impact, you know, that is just a really satisfying experience in all of this that, that I go through. So on the flip side of this is, you know, we talked about victories. Let's talk about your biggest challenges you feel that you have faced as a coach. Is there anyone who wants to go first on this one? I'll go first if you want. Definitely. Sounds great, Ben. Um, so, and I uh, ap- apologize because this may jump to a question that I, I guess we haven't actually talked about this yet. So I apologize if I'm jumping ahead. I think that's my what I'm trying to say. But the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges for me goes to uh, balance, right? Balancing uh, my... Balancing uh, like my life versus the role that I play in the lives of my clients and almost having to remind myself that I'm their coach, not their friend, even though we become friendly, right? Especially with some clients, you become very connected. And I think that I'm safe to say that because Jonathan and Gormir are here on the same show, right? Like, so you, there becomes more of a relationship than just I'm your coach, you're my client. Um, and the biggest challenge that I have faced, which I'm mostly over, but I would be lying if I said it didn't still present challenges to this day, but it's just the, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know if balance is the right word, but in terms of how much I want to give, how much I care about people, how, uh, hard it is if they have, uh, if, if they're dealing with something difficult, right? Like we talked about struggling with some of those behaviors Mike, you talked about it earlier with your, um, with, with your answer to another question when you were saying that like you see them saying the things and doing the behaviors that you recognize from yourself, right? So that a lot of that stuff will weigh on me and and um, and then also I early on particularly one way this manifested was like I would try to over deliver. So if you know people would over ask, people would kind of, I'm much better now about setting boundaries, um, and and I think I'm going to get into my answer for another question, so I won't go much further into that. But I'm just bigger now about setting boundaries. But the biggest challenge that I have faced, and it's manifested in a multitude of ways, but at the end of the day, it's just finding a separation and a balance between worrying about myself, my life, my goals, and trying to be a part of this other person's life and goals. Because as we all know, when you are focused on bettering yourself and losing weight and stuff like that, well... I may have 10 clients to each of them uh, that this, what we're doing is their whole life, right? It's not just a part of their day like it is for me to check in with them and stuff like that. It is their life. So I try to respect that and treat it as such, but that can, that becomes a double-edged sword, right? Where it kind of starts to over, it just drains me a little and I have to work on that separation. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, What about you, John, with an H? Uh, you know, I want to echo uh, what Ben just said, uh, balancing my personal life and balancing my personal goals with, uh, you know, involving coaching within my life. Um, obviously, I'm in a place where I still have big goals that I want to hit. Um, you know, I've hit my quote unquote goal weight, but I still have, you know, a bunch of stuff in life that I need to accomplish. So balancing out my day to day life with the involvement of having to check in and do all the all the coaching stuff. You know, that becomes a big balancing act. But also something that uh, has been a struggle for me is, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but I work with a client that, um, you know, 
has a mental disorder as well as you know eating disorders as well. So working with a client like that has had its its challenges. Um, you know, just reminding them to check in or reminding them for a weigh in, reminding them for a, a progress report, a progress picture. Excuse me. So um, it's not all sunshine, rainbows, and butterflies all the time. Uh, but we get through, you know what I mean? Um, so that's definitely something that I did not expect going into the coaching realm. I, I never expected to take on a client like that. Um, and maybe that was facetious of me. Maybe I, I you know, I was naive, uh, but I'm happy about it. I, you know, I look forward to working with this person and uh, I look forward to watching them have all the success that they want. Mm. I like that, man. I like that. Uh, John Shane, are you out there? You're currently muted. He's muted himself. Oh, no. so he can sleep. Okay, I'm back. Okay, sorry, I'm technically challenged, y'all. No, believe it or not, it's okay. It's okay. I I, um, know, I know this intimately. Oh, whatever. Oh wait, he's not wrong though. I'm saying upset. <laughs> um, no, I mean I echo what what the other two um, men have said. I think that it's that balance too, because I think we're all passionate about what we do, and this uh, this has on honestly been something that I still struggle with, where you get, you get these bouts of energy and excitement and you give everything you have to it and you step overboard in it and, 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 and you outpour too much and then you become exhausted. And what sucks is instead of having a balanced energy and output and quality of coaching to your clients, you get these bouts of like really good investing and then you get these bouts of like, I'm so tired. I feel like I don't have balance in life. I feel like I'm choking myself. And, and, and that sucks because one – it impedes on your passion as a coach, but your clients aren't stupid. They feel that. They feel that disconnect. They feel that lack of energy, that that lack of enthusiasm. Um, and so it's really it's such a balancing act of like learning like how to how to balance like you know your day to day life and and making sure that you're not like going over the top and draining yourself too quickly and you're just allowing yourself time for rest but also you know so like i feel like that's one thing too that's been a big struggle i think also like admitting that you can't help everybody has been always been a struggle with me like i've i've had a many quite a few times like i can think on two hands where i've had to just tell a client listen like where you're at in your health journey you need a specialist. You need something that's medically licensed. Like you need something higher than me. Like you, there's things I can't deal with, and I hate doing that. It's mainly because just the self defeat in them is really hard. Um, I mean, and obviously it's an ego pop because it's like, oh wow, you know, John, you can't save the world. You know, <laughs> like you can't hmm. you can't help everybody. Um, and so I, I think for me, like that's probably been that those two things are things that I. Um, think can be frustrating um that i have to be aware of and always get better at and continue to grow from no i appreciate that man and i i would echo a lot of the challenges that you guys talked about i, I would throw in two two things that i would highlight that I, I think i even started to refer to a little bit earlier but one for me is not taking it personally when a person doesn't want to do the work um that is a, is something for me that can be a challenge like when someone signs up for coaching and does a first call and then decides that they're for whatever reason. And they may, they, they may have a valid reason, but like it's not the right time for them. And, you know, getting, especially one of the things that John and I went through with our, we started our first round of group coaching two weeks before the lockdowns and the pandemic started. Like we got this great group of people together, had them ready for this program that we had worked on for, you know, almost a year. And, 
got them into it. And then the pandemic happened and people were facing, you know, toilet paper shortages and fears about food and not really feel, you know, a lot of people put weight loss and health on, on hold during the pandemic because they're like, we don't know what's happening in the world. So why am I going to worry about cookies or not? So <laughs> we had a lot of people just kind of ghost us in, you know, in that program. And for me, that was challenging because I wanted to make sure every individual person is okay. And I think that's a part of that investment, you know, in your clients. And so when you have a person who signs up and they get started and then they decide that it's not for them, it can be like, oh, did I do something wrong? What did I do? You know, you start to take that very personally. So I think that has been one of the challenges that I've learned balance in. The other challenge I would say is, you know, on some levels related to that, but also about one of the things that we offer, you know, through our service is different programs, you know, so coach clients can sign up for programs at different levels that target different things and have different levels of service. And that part of me that wants to see every person succeed had trouble at first being able to, to delineate to a person that may have not signed up for the right service. Like they thought all they needed was macros and weight loss support and some messaging about it. But really they're the person that needs a weekly call to be focused and work on goal setting and the mindset challenges and the things that a different program might provide. And being able to delineate that because on one level, you know, it's I have to be able to kind of understand the importance of my time, but also I have to honor the clients that are are choosing those different programs and are choosing that higher level of, of service and connectedness and things along those lines. And that's not to say, you know, we have like this lower tier or anything along those lines. It's just that different people respond to different tools. So we offer some of those different tools. And for me, I had to realize that if someone needs a different tool, that means I need to have a conversation with them about, I think this is great, but I, I want you to realize that it's sounding like you need more. And if you want to talk about including that, we can talk about ways to build that into your program and make that something that is realistic, but also balanced in a way for me. So I think that's one of the challenges. Like, And of course, I could just sit here and be like, the, it, it was challenging the first week I had a client, you know, not hit a goal. It was challenging for me when I had a client who was got frustrated, like I think those are all challenges that you go through when you're working as a coach because you are so invested from your personal experience. I think that is something that happens like and I think that's OK. And this kind of brings us to the question Ben was saying that um, is there. And I they, I, I asked you guys a question about balance and, and I'm going to frame this. What I want you to be thinking about is not just about, you know, personal balance with your clients, but I think there's something really unique about being someone that has been on a journey working on weight loss, working on eating disorders, working on that side of in, of the world, you know, on yourself, and then you choose to help other people with those issues. There's something really unique there because you're taking, in a lot of ways, the energy that you were using on yourself and turning that into a, an experience and a skill and action for other people. And I think there's something that can sometimes it be a balance there so that you're making sure that you're not just helping other people with their, their health goals, but you're keeping your own health in focus. So what do you guys think has been, you know, how, or not what do you, not any, what those challenges are, but how do you find balance between helping other people and continuing to support and help yourself? Uh, do you, I don't want to feel like I'm monopolizing everything by talking do first, it. but I don't mind going go ahead, on this ben, one. You go first. Uh, uh, I'll so... make John with an H go first next. Perfect. The, uh, but it, it, so yeah, that is, 
I said boundaries, right? That was like the word that I touched on. And then I didn't want to go too much deeper into it, but it, it a lot of it is just, uh, acknowledging what I'm offering, right? I guess uh, being real with my, we talked about the, uh, being a good client means that you're honest with yourself. Right. And I mean, being a good coach, being a good person relies on the same things. And I just need to be honest about what my capability is to deliver to people. Um, this is something that if you want to talk about ways that our journey kind of plays and reflects into coaching, um, this was one, this is something in a general concept, finding balance between pouring into others and pouring into yourself that I have, it has been also intertwined with my weight loss journey because I, um, early on at one point, and for honestly, most of my life, I was a very big, like people pleaser, right? Like I sat, I would always sacrifice self to try to make everyone else happy basically. Um, and then uh, as, as things often do when, when you have, when you have one extreme, if the pendulum swings, it will swing far to the other side. I went through periods of being tremendously selfish and letting other people suffer talking about my family, sadly, but honestly, uh, at that point. So I have, I had already gone through this process, right. Of trying to identify a good balance of focusing on self and focusing on other people within the scope of my personal and home life. Um, and that's where it goes. And, and I'm gonna, I like, I like cliches. If you listen to my podcast, uh, that's the Ben cast, uh, plug mine <laughs> now, finally. Uh, uh, but if so, I like cliches a lot and, and they may seem cheesy and it may even make you cringe a little bit when you say them. But the reason that they cliches exist or that they're around like they are is because they're all pretty much true. Uh, and you can't pour from an empty cup, right? That is one of my favorites because, uh, whether it be a client whether it be my kids, whether it be my wife, it's like there is a a baseline need to preserve like the foundation, which is me, right? Like I dictate all I have to give both to myself and to, and to everyone else. Uh, so I kind of have to make sure that that's all in line first. Uh, but that again is all more touchy-feely stuff. Just talking about like self-care, self-love, uh, having self-worth, prioritizing yourself, not feeling bad for doing that. Uh, but if you want something more practical and actionable, uh, setting boundaries, like I said, is, is a big one for me. And and then honestly, and this sounds silly, but scheduling, like being like saying at at five p.m. on Saturday, whatever, phone gets shut off, right? Like that is a hard schedule. Like that's a hard line. That's kind of a boundary and a schedule, I suppose. Um, but it is just maintaining schedules and boundaries that allow time and attention to go to all the places. And, uh, one thing is to criticize word selection, which seems nitpicky. Uh, but I find that balance is rarely the answer. It's more about harmony because at certain times, at certain times it'll be, you're pouring into yourself more because you need it. And you're kind of not giving as hard to these other places. And then at other times, the quote unquote right thing to do will be to pour more into other places and less into yourself. And that can change day by day, week by week, um, and even throughout the day, right? But uh, it is kind of about achieve achieving that harmony between making sure you're fulfilling your obligations, not just to everyone else, but to yourself as well. I like that, man. I like that a lot. John Shane, what about you? I have nothing to add to that. Ben said it all. That was not, I mean, I mean, like literally, like I echo everything that he just said. I, I think that was very well put and I agree. Thank you. What are you, Mr. Arpino? I'm going to have to also say Ben kind of hit all the points. There's really nothing else to say. Ben, you did a great, see, you did a great job. Oh my gosh. Did I win the podcast? No, because I did, <laughs> I did cringe a little bit there at the beginning. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, that is yeah. the point of cliches to make people cringe, but also make them look internally. You know. No, that I feel like that's going to be your next. That'll be your next book. You know, that's going to be or your first book. Like, My first book. Yes. You know, using using cringe to your advantage. <laughs> that could cringe sell. master. I, I yeah, I honestly feel like that could sell. You should write that down. Grab a pen. Write that down. Edit right. this out so nobody steals it yeah, while they're listening. Oh, copyrighted. <laughs> copyright. Copyright. Copyrighted away. Um, no, I, I, I agree. I think I think you hit everything there. I, I think for me, I would say another piece that does stand out as a little bit different because I would speak specifically to the past year of, of working as a one-on-one coach is reminding myself that it's important for me to be doing the work that I need to be doing personally and not just feel like I'm doing great because my clients are all doing great. You know, oh, like a good, keeping myself point. in focus like that. And I think that's something that I allowed it allowed myself to blind me at different times during the past year and, and not pay attention to challenges that I had because I'm like, well, everything's going great with my clients. Things are going great. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. You know, I can I can put that first and that feels great. I don't have to worry about these these choices that I'm making. And so I think for me, it's about taking that same structure that I'm expecting from them. And applying it to myself and realizing that it's still, you know, that work still needs to continue because, <coughs> excuse me, like all of us, we're continual works in process, in progress. Oh, see, works in process is something that John said to me once, and now I say it all the time. Work, <laughs> works in progress. Works in progress. Works in progress. So I just think that's really important, like realizing that as a coach, you're not bulletproof, you know you can still make some of the same mistakes that your clients are making. And if you're not turning that out of yourself, it can be easy to allow those mistakes to accumulate because you're more focused on the success of others. And it allows you to then not shine that light on yourself. So I think that's something, you know, that has been a, a challenge. Like it's definitely been something that I've had to work on getting back to that place of, okay, identifying for myself, what, you know, what are my goals for this week? What are the things I'm focused on? What are the challenges I'm facing? And, and being again, you know, you have to be honest with yourself first. I said that's important as a client, but it's a, that's important as a human being. The other thing I love to go back to all the time in this podcast is stoicism. And I think it's that idea also for me, I had to realize that I'm not personally responsible for every, a client's choices. So when they make choices that do not follow the plan that they're following, they're supposed to be on, that doesn't mean that I then have to bear the responsibility of those choices. You know, I do have to talk to them about it and all of that. But I don't have to feel like I then made that choice, if that makes sense. Like, it's that idea that, you know, you build that place of being like, I cannot control this other person. I can only control what I say to them and what I put out there. And it's up to them to react and up to them to take action. Mm. So that can be something, you know, I think that comes into play because I do want to I do want to take personal responsibility when someone says, oh, I did this or I did that or I didn't do this. And it's like, no, at the end of the day. And the funny thing is a client never expects you to take personal responsibility for their actions. That's something I put on myself. You know, that's, I think that's, that's a self-imposed thing. Like a client doesn't come to me and say, you know, I ate a cupcake at a birthday party last night. Why did I do that? You know, why did you make me do that? You know, it's like, no. Why did you let me do it? Yeah, like yeah. they, it's never, they never come at you from that place. But that's a place sometimes that I think my head would go initially. So that's really something that I've worked on balancing is like being able to, hear those things and not internalize it for myself has been really, really important. Um, we have been talking for a long time. We have a couple a, a couple more questions I want to get to, and I do want to let you guys know that I have prepared a very special Fat Guy 5 for the end of this episode. So if anyone is listening and they're like, am I going to stay in to the end? You're going to want to hear them answering these questions because it's mm -hmm. not the usual shtick. Sometimes, 
sometimes when I do these group episodes, I just skip that ending. And I was like, I can't do that this time. I cannot do that this time. So I I'm not going to. I'm just I'm literally <laughs> not going to do that. Um, what I would like to then ask, we're going to do we'll do this. These last two questions kind of rapid fire and then we'll start moving into wrapping up our, this amazing discussion that we've had so far. And I feel like there's a million other things we can talk about. But, you know, we'll sit. We'll have to save that for another day. But I would like to hear from each of you. What do you think is the most what do you think is the most important question a client needs to ask a coach when they're thinking about hiring them? John Shane, you go first on this one. Wait, no, no, come back to me. Hold on, I gotta think about it. Okay, John, Ar- John Arpino, you go first. I'm not letting Ben go first on this one. He feels he feels I'm not allowed to. Yeah. I think the most important question a client should ask a potential coach is what is their experience with weight loss? Mm-hmm. Um, have they once been overweight themselves? I know I've probably said this a billion times on this podcast tonight, but uh, I think that that's really important. Like I said. My personal thing is like I wouldn't want to take advice from someone who hasn't been in those shoes themselves. Um, so I think that all in all is number one. Who wants to go next? Am I am I allowed? You to are allowed, Ben. Okay. <laughs> uh, and this may be kind of kind of a cop out almost, uh, but what it's it's important for you to ask anything that will make you help you make your decision, mm-hmm. right? Like. Don't be afraid to ask any question, especially because that's what I would expect you to do once you sign up, right? And if it's something that we can't go into, then that's my job as a coach to, you know, give you the answer be like, well, that's a little too far for what we're doing right now, but to give you an idea, maybe a general, something like that, right? But but I, I don't know that there's a, there's there are better and worse questions, but I don't know that there are any you should not ask, and, and there's really good ones. One big important thing, and I don't know what question specifically will give you this, um, but there's a certain vibe or energy that every person has uh and i think that every single all four of us could take the same the exact same client coming from the same situation and depending on which one of us they work with they would have a dramatically different journey right like more or less success more or it might be easier or harder uh and just butting heads in terms of personality right like i think that is something that can't be overlooked is the fit in terms of type of like a person delivery method. Cause I, I wouldn't want somebody who responds to like the drill sergeant, um, kind of like, like it just, you know, I wouldn't want, they wouldn't want someone yelling at them and screaming at them to do things like, cause that's not me. So you're not going to do well with me. Right. Like that's just not, I'm not overly aggressive or aggro like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, just find the vibe and uh, ask any questions that make you feel comfortable with your decision. And I'll, I'll, I'll let you go last, John Shane. I'm going to go next. Okay. Um, I think I, for me, I, I think the question I would ask as a, if I was a client interviewing a coach is I would say, what are your expectations of me as a client? And then mm-hmm. don't make it more in depth than that. Listen to that answer and listen to what they say and what that looks like, because I think, you know, that's going to say a lot about their communication style, about their personality. It's going to say a lot about kind of what they're actually the thought they're putting into, like building this program for you, you know, there. And especially like if if a coach says back to you, you know, you want them to follow that question up with what are your expectations of me as a coach? But you want them to come to like, I think a good coach is then going to say that's 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 the other side of this question. And I think, you know, is it a trick question I'm telling people to ask? Maybe. Um, but if, if, a, if a coach hasn't said to you when you're trying to build a relationship with them, you know, what are you expecting from me as a coach? You know, what are the best ways I can help you? How do you communicate all of those things? 
those are things to think about. Like if they say to you, okay, this is exactly how this is going to work. And they don't even talk to you about how you feel about that. I would, I would consider working with someone else unless that's the type of program that you're looking for. You know, I think, and it, 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 it's funny, John Arpino, because like uh, there was a part, there was a point in my journey where I, I felt similarly to what you were saying, you know, that idea that I would want to know what a person's own personal experience is at, in the end. Like I, I would more ask them about their, you know, at this point, because I think accountability is something that someone can give to someone else, regardless of what they, where they've come from learning about that accountability. But that's what you need to, that's what you need to get to, you know, is getting to understanding how are they going to, you know, help you build that accountability into your life. Like I think, and I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to keep, you know, the ALG name out there as much as possible <laughs> during the episode. But I think, it's, it, but I, I only bring it up not to say like, I don't like your question, but more from that place of it's a question that I used to think was, was urgent. And I do, I do think it's very urgent for there to be in this space coaches that have been through, you know, weight loss journeys of all different types, because that might be what a person resonates with and what they really need. And I think there are some coaches that haven't been in that place and can't, you know, I have friends who work as coaches who have never, you know, dealt with more than a 20, 25 pound weight loss personally. So when they are talking to a client who has 200 pounds to lose, they don't understand a lot of where that person's coming from and getting, helping them get to that place and understand some of that behavior could be something, you know, you do with your peers because that can be a real, it's a, it's a reality and it's a challenge. And so I, I think, and again, I'll just echo what Ben said, you know, ask the questions you feel you need to ask and don't ever make a decision to hire someone without asking those questions. That's one of the things that blows my mind is when a person signs up for coaching without ever having had a conversation with you at all. And then they start asking questions. Right. And then they start asking questions and you realize they don't like the answers, Mm -hmm. you know, and that it's like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't the, you know, the right, you know, the right relationship. This isn't the right thing. And don't ever be afraid. Like I would also say I would never sign a contract, a quote unquote contract with a coach until you've had that first live conversation with them, you know, because you can sign up for a person's programs and, you know, buy something. But if that you sign up, you have that conversation and you realize that your styles do not work together at all and they're not going to be the person to help you. And then you say to them, okay, I don't think this is going to work. Can we end this? And they say, well, you already paid your money. I'm really sorry. You know, personally, I don't, I wouldn't want to ever put someone in that place. Like if we have that initial consultation call and they get to the end of it and they're like, you know what, this isn't what I expected. This isn't what I wanted. I probably should have asked you some more questions before I signed up. Is it okay if we terminate this? I'm right. going to do that. You know, like I'm going to say to that person, of course, take your money back. You know, if, if I built a program for a person already and we're a week, two weeks in and we're already kind of doing macros and all that kind of thing, that's a completely different discussion. You know, if they've gotten work done for them. But if it's that initial conversation, I personally don't have an issue with that at all. John Shane, you're the last up on this question. I know. I feel like I'm going to have the most boring answer. Uh, um, we, we're all expect. <laughs> The listeners are expecting it already. Don't worry. Okay, great. Good, <laughs> good, good, good. Um, I actually, honestly, I, I second a lot what Ben said. I, When I was thinking about it, like there's really no one question that's ever been like, wow, that's a question every client should ask their coach, right? Like, But I think it's just honestly goes back to like their willingness to even ask questions. I think a lot of like the most, okay, I can almost tell you how involved and invested they're going to be in the program based on the questions they ask me initially in my DMs, 100%. Like when they go, hey, um, what kind of programs do you offer? How much do they cost? And you send them the link and stuff and you kind of talk to them about the programs. Uh, 
they and they, and they buy it, they might be they might do what you say, but they're not going to be communicating a lot and be super invested. But when you have when you have people that like, okay, well, okay, so you know, what do you expect out of me? Just like what you said, right? I, I think that was good, Mike. Like, what do you expect out from me? Well, what do you what should, what kind of client do I need to be for this to work? Um, you know, okay, so here's my situation. Let me tell you. Okay, now what's kind of an idea of how you're going to get me through this? Like, what like what do you plan on doing? What, how how is your expertise going to benefit my situation? And like being able to have that conversation with them up front, I have found when they decide to finally pull that trigger, they're a lot more invested because they they understand the coach better. They, the coach understands them better. They have a good idea of what that process is going to be, long, shorter, otherwise. Um, and I think it just leads to a, a better, long-lasting relationship between coach and client. So I definitely can tell you that the more questions you ask, the more apt you're going to be to be better invested in the program itself. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate that, John, a lot. And all of you, the thoughtfulness you're putting into these answers, I think that's fantastic. I have really enjoyed our time together. Uh, we're cresting an hour and a half, and I don't want these people, you know, they may be really enjoying it, or they might be like, what's going on? You know, I, I obviously, at, we're going to go through the Fat Guy Five, and then at the end, I'm going to give you all a chance to talk about the ways that people can find you and get in touch with you if they want to. Uh, but I want to say a big thank you before we get to that, that I appreciate you taking the, the busy, t you know, you all have busy schedules, and coordinating this was a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm just really appreciative of you coming just kind of, you know, as much as we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the two year anniversary of the Fat Guy Forum, I, I wanted this to really be Happy a, working, anniversary. A, a working episode, yeah. Yeah. a working episode that just brings to people some insight into the, the minds of, of coaches, especially coaches that have been on both sides of the fence. And I, I just think that has been something that I've really appreciated hearing from all of you. That said... Yeah, I know we had one more question I was going to ask you guys, but we're going to let that one go because I don't I don't think it's 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 relevant to the dialogue that we've been having. What are you ready then for this special two year anniversary edition of the Fat Guy Five? Ready? I don't think Ben I is. Think. Ben's not ready. I don't know. Yeah, I'm ready for most things. I'm not going to let Ben go first on this. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see. Here's question number one. Okay. So. Obviously, we want everyone, you know, we're going to give you guys a chance to shout yourselves out. I would like to know from you one account on Instagram that you feel everyone listening to this episode should be following. Ooh. Me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Even though I just said don't give that as the answer, you gave that as your answer. Hmm. John is a work in process. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, Gourmet Goes Keto. You can't give me as the answer either. You got to <laughs> no, give someone else. No, you didn't say that. You well, definitely I'm, didn't say that. I'm telling you now you can't. I want you to tell them someone else who we haven't talked about this episode that they should follow to get, whether it's for inspiration or tips or whatever. All right, whatever I got reason. one. Just I got shout one. Out. I got one. I'm trying to give one. you guys a chance to even just shout out a friend or a loved one. You know, there's this guy on Instagram. He's, he could be a real ass, but uh, he used to be around 586, I heard. That's a really lucky number for him. Give or take. Give or take. Yeah, you know, uh, depends on what day of the week it was. Uh, but my man, Comic Anthony D, Anthony D. Domenico, uh, my man is on an incredible journey himself. He's very inspirational. He has his own podcast, um, and I think that he is definitely worth the follow if you can get past the brash dick-headedness no i'm kidding uh he's, he's the best i love him and uh yeah definitely someone you should follow on instagram 
Who's next? All right. All right, I, I'll give a shout out. So uh, there's a guy. He's uh, he's new and upcoming. Uh, I met him on an app called Clubhouse. It's this uh, Mike's been on a couple of rooms with me. There's a good. There's a big keto community on there, and there's this guy named Triple J. Um, he's known as the Keto Dog, which is really cool. Uh, but he's lost almost. I think he's lost uh, over 50, 60 pounds now um, on his journey. Uh, reverses type two diabetes, A one C down, like the whole nine yards. Um, and he just really started talking out about his journey and it's just, he's super inspirational, super high energy. He, he just started his own podcast himself. Um, so I definitely think he's someone to like jump on that bandwagon and, and, and follow his journey. Cause he's inspired me, um, as of late. So it's, uh, at, uh, his Instagram tag is triple J underscore the keto dog. And, uh, he's definitely worth a follow. Ben. Uh, so I'm afraid that I've become desensitized to motivation because there were only a handful of profiles I could think of. Uh, if you don't want to, if you're not talking about like meme pages, right? Cause those aren't, <laughs> those are just fun. Uh, but if I'm trying to be, if I'm trying to be motivated, there really is only a handful of people. And maybe it's just because I'm on here, uh, with a couple of his friends, but I'm going to have to go with, uh, everybody's friend, our friend, friend of the show, uh, happy two year anniversary, but Poro 92 on Instagram, yes. because he is one of the few people who still kind of, when I read his posts, I still get a little bit of a fire. Right? He still, he, he encourages me both directly and indirectly, uh, to just keep chasing, right. Just keep chasing better, whatever better looks like. Uh, so it, it may seem like a cop out to pick him, but, I, but it's sincere. So I'm going to say Poro 92. There we go. And I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna shout someone out who has been on the show before and is coming on again, and actually has been on John's podcast recently. And that is Chance, aka Fat Chance, trying the My dude. Man. The dude started at at over six hundred pounds, has lost over three hundred pounds. But what I love about Chance is not just that he shares everything he's been doing on this journey, but he talks about the emotional side of things and is very open about the struggles that he has and about letting people know that you know you don't have to buy your own bullshit. And just gives a lot of straight talk in the things that he talks about. So I think Chance is an awesome follow for anyone. Question number two. Guys, tell me what is one thing that you're grateful for today? I honestly, as the recording of this, I am severely sick. And so I am extremely grateful to have breath in my lungs. Mm -hmm. Like, I know we say that often, but when you feel like that breath is is weak at times uh, you become very grateful for it so i am very grateful for life today and i mean that in the most genuine way possible there we go ben uh i am today i'm usually most days grateful for many things and today is one of those days but i think specifically i'm grateful that i'm grateful for my wife but specifically for allowing me and kind of helping me manage schedule life responsibilities in a way that I am able to train and compete in jujitsu as much as I do things like this podcast, um, kind of like quote unquote off schedule. Cause I talked earlier about like boundaries, right. And trying to turn things off at a certain time. And like normally this late on a Friday, uh, which I don't know if I should disclose that that's what we're recording, but, um, normally this late on a Friday, it'd be like unplugged. Right. But uh, I wanted to be a part of this episode, so we move things around, and it's just I have an incredible support system at home, and that's what I'm grateful for. I think I'm going to take that long-winded answer and shorten it. There we go, I'm, John. Th- I'm grateful. Yeah, John uh, For me, uh, you know, if I could echo, you know, for a second what Ben just said, I am very grateful for my fiance. Uh, she's very supportive in everything that I do. She's opened up her home to me to run my podcast studio out of. Uh, 
schedules everything we have to do around you know my podcast schedule my coaching schedule my community calls so definitely her also i'm very very grateful for this newfound uh spark that i have on my own personal journey um if you follow me on instagram you know i, I talked about a couple of weeks back um i was kind of in a funk for a really long time post-op after i had gynecomastia uh removal surgery um and now that i'm kind of out of that and i have given myself this new big goal I definitely have relit a fire under my ass. Um, so definitely that's something that I'm extremely, extremely grateful for. And also I'm extremely grateful for being the uh, most brought back uh, interviewee <laughs> on uh, the uh, Fat Guy Forum. You know, uh, it, I worked really hard to get here. Um, you know, a lot of training went into this. A lot of eating went into this. Uh, so I just I want to thank my peers. I want to thank Michael Gorman. And uh, yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for those three answers to the question that asked for one. Well, you know what? It. That this is why I get brought back so many times He's because so I'm such grateful. a grateful person. <laughs> I'm so grateful. He's the I'm most grateful, grateful and humble. I, I'm gonna yeah, say so humble. So humble. I'm gonna say I'm grateful for all of you and I'm gonna move us on to the next question. Tell us and again, you know, we're we're this is the rapid fire round, people. Tell me one thing you did this week to better yourself. Who goes first? And it doesn't have to be something new. It can just be something you did this week to better yourself. Ben, go first. Uh, today, uh, today I completed week nine uh, workout two. Uh, I've been working with a strength coach for to get stronger and better for jujitsu. And I've been the most disciplined I've ever been with a fitness routine. So I got two workouts in this week, uh, and I'm on week nine. There we go. John Arpino. Uh, I worked out four days this week and even did legs, and I hate legs. Ah, there we go. Mr. Shane. I I chilled out, which mm-hmm. okay, that's sad. It does not sound good, but uh, if anybody knows me, I am an energy bomb, and I can't do that right now because, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, sick. And uh, to make myself rest and know that that's better for me, and like take chill pills, really hard for me. So mm-hmm. I give myself kudos for that. There we go. And I would say one thing I did this week to better myself is I got back into journaling. It's something I'd stepped away from the past couple of weeks, and it's always Sweet. something that keeps me focused. So I got that going again. Gentlemen, question number four, tell us what is something you're excited that's coming in the next week? Something you're excited for that's coming in the next week. Ah, my, uh, my friend's getting married in, in Oregon next Friday. So I'm, I'm going to be the best man, so I'm awesome. going to fly up there. I'm super excited about that. Awesome. Mr. How excited Arpino. do I have to be? Oh, go ahead. Ex- excited. <laughs> it's your level of excitement, Ben. Go ahead. Oh, for me, I uh, in the next week I have a haircut uh, on Friday, but that haircut is pre a jujitsu tournament that I'm more excited for. Mm. But that is more than a week away, so I couldn't say that answer. There we go, <laughs> Mr. Arpino. Honestly, I got nothing. Then Loki's done. I don't have anything to look forward to. My life uh, that's a lie. You've got some. You, you can't. You just say that you're excited even to see your fiance the next time you see her. Ooh. You're excited to see her. Are you telling me that I have to sit? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, is she in the room? <laughs> I'm, gonna, no, I'm sending this clip to her, but yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm really excited to uh, work out again on Monday. Nice. And for me, I think the thing I'm probably most excited about for the next coming week is dropping this episode because I get to take the easy answers when I'm the host of the show. Um, question number five. Last question. Tell us, guys. What is one thing that you love about being a coach? I'll go first. Mm-hmm. 
I, I love watching people uh, do things that they didn't think were possible before, whether that's building new habits, uh, you know, brand new eating habits, or just getting rid of old habits. I think that that's really awesome to watch, and it's it's brings a lot of joy to my life. Nice. I I'll go next. I, mm-hmm. I would say I I love watching people find freedom. Mm-hmm. There's there's no better feeling than seeing someone that the lights go the light bulb go off and the shackles come off their ankles and all of a sudden you know uh losing weight and and being healthy isn't just this like yo-yo dieting cycle of vicious self-hate that you have to be a part of because that's what the fitness society world tells you it is and you know but they can actually find freedom within themselves to be the best version of themselves for the rest of their lives. And and for me, that is the, oh, that's the icing on the cake. Mm, Keto cake. cake. Mm. <laughs> ben? Uh, for me, the best part about being a coach is seeing people uh, kind of disassociate their, their pursuit of happiness with their pursuit of weight loss and really start to dig into themselves outside of just the diet, even though obviously that's most of what coaching is focused on. Uh, I do like to see them kind of Pursue better in all areas. That's mm. my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, I I love all of those things. So I don't want to kind of just give another answer again. Uh, I I think for me, one of the things that I do really love about being a coach is uh, the getting a, getting an opportunity to be a part of people's journeys, like to play a role for them, like getting to learn about them and getting to see them. You know, all of those things grow and change and all of that, but also just. You know, I feel honored when someone says they want me to be a part of that. So that's something that I would say I love about being a coach. That said, gentlemen, we're now at the part of the episode where it's time for you to talk about ways people can connect with you. So I'm going to tee that up to John Arpino. Tell people how to find oh you, man. Me personally or my coaching? All or of everything. it. everything. Oh, Do God. It. All of it. <laughs> yes. Right. You can, you can, <laughs> I have a lot. You can follow me at J-A-R-P-S underscore journey on Instagram. You can follow the Accountable Life Group at Accountable Life Group on Instagram. You can join me each and every Wednesday night for an absolutely free community call, which I like to think of as like the appetizer to coaching. So if you're debating on, you know, taking up coaching with us or you're just looking for a, a community of like-minded people with like-minded goals who are trying to change their life, out at uh, www.accountablelifegroup.com by clicking on the events tab every Wednesday night at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. And if coaching you feel like is right for you, then you can go to www.algcoaching.com. And I really think that that's it. Oh, and the Accountable Life podcast comes out each and every Friday wherever you listen to podcasts. I think that's it, guys. I'm really sorry. There we go. Ben, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. I don't know why bothered me a little bit that you still said www i love you to death but that i, I feel like that's an unnecessary <laughs> because part. i'm gonna be honest you with are... you if you don't put the www dot it doesn't work i don't know why talk well, to david he's he's the brains behind the operation well uh no matter my name yeah i'm ben you can find me i'm on instagram at ben dot jitsu that's b-e-n period j-i-t-s-u uh, I, uh, you can go to my website, benjitsu.online. Um, either of those places, I would recommend Instagram. Either of those places are going to link you to everything. I got a YouTube channel. I have a podcast. Uh, I do coaching. There's a page for that on my website. You get some discount codes. Uh, you know, I have a Twitch stream that I haven't really been uh, super consistent with, but uh, I'll probably be back on there at some point. So follow me at your favorite place because I'm probably there as Benjitsu. And one uh, one little thing that I want to leave before we're done, if anybody listening to this, DM me, follow me on Instagram, DM me, and tell me how many times we use the word echo today, and I'll buy you a yeah. coffee. Mm. 
hundred percent. John Shane. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me literally universally at the keto road, Instagram at the keto road, uh, email the keto road at gmail.com, the keto road.com. Uh, you can find me even on TikTok if you want to, some giggles um at the keto road so uh yeah you can literally anything at the keto road you will find my face there we go there we go you guys know where you can find me gourmet goes keto on instagram you can go to a lot of those places john mentioned the keto road.com to find out more about my coaching and i will also say because john didn't say it the keto road llc the company we have an instagram page that we're trying to grow so if you're not following keto road.llc Follow that page on Instagram because that's another good one to follow where we're posting separate content from our pages and we've got our other coaches that are involved with that as well. So cool stuff going on like that meatloaf recipe I dropped this week that everyone needs to check out. That's a good thing. And guys, so I just want to say a a giant thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of this. I just really appreciate all of you and uh, love that you could be a part of tonight. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on specifically. I don't know about the other two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> uh, actually I would like to say uh, thanks for having me on because I've never had the opportunity to meet the other John with no N I mean with no H that oh, we all that's have crazy. that's weird yeah so this was really cool so John it's a pleasure to meet you I'm really sorry you didn't get the H but like it happens um, and that's, that's really it <laughs> it's okay at least you don't have to ask everybody to spell your name properly they probably do it pretty easily I don't I don't get that <laughs> no I get a that's J-H-O-N sometimes it's weird John. Oh, that is weird. I'm so sorry, but yeah, man, it's a pleasure meeting you too. Well, now that you guys are got, now that you guys are connected, you can become a part of some John group that commiserates about name spelling. Apparently, they're rival no, Johns. Yeah, it'll be a John group that only talks smack about Mike. Yeah, I, Absolutely. That, to be honest with you, that probably exists already. So you, can, you should go on Instagram and find that. Hey, Mike, really quick before we log off, what's your favorite number? What's my favorite number? Yeah, if you had to pick like any number, maybe three digits starts with a five. <laughs> three digits. Five eighty six. Oh, okay, cool. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was still yeah, five eighty six. Of course, it's five eighty six. It's the most important number of my life. There you go. So, <laughs> everyone out there, thanks so much for joining us on this extra sized, extra special episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Two years down, many more to come. Don't forget, hey everybody, if you're still listening, you are the most amazing <laughs> people that any of us know. Because you put up with the four of us for almost two hours. So go on out there, do something today to amaze yourselves, and then come on back and catch us next time on the Fat Guy Forum.